Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the No Easy Way Out podcast. My name is Tony Nash and we are coming to you as always from the Woodworth Building in beautiful downtown Owasso, home to my company AZ Business Solutions where we help grow your brand from A to Z. We're joined today by the owner of Stelvio Equity Group, Mr. Mark Devereaux. Mark, welcome to the show. Hi Tony, thanks for having me. How are things going in Mark's world today? Uh, very good, busy, busy, um, yeah. No complaints. No complaints. I could complain, but there's no sense in doing that. Yeah. Well, I know you and I share something in common, and that is we both have kids playing sports, and that keeps busy all by itself. You Absolutely. have how many kids? Uh, two. You have two. Trent uh, is 20 years old. He's a junior at Alma College, mm -hmm. playing football there. And then uh, Ava is 16. She's a junior, Chesney High School. Three sports. Yeah. National Honor Society. Very proud. Keeps you moving. Yeah. yeah. So I have six. They're all playing sports. So there's you know never a dull evening. Um, we, we enjoy it very much. Sports is something that we're just about. We love it. We enjoy it. It doesn't seem like a lot of work to go to the games. And um, we got to do all the work before we go to the games, right? Absolutely. Um, but your son this year had a pretty amazing year and accomplishment. I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, helped lead Elma College to their first ever... Well, I'll let you kind of describe how far they went, kind of what the run was like, and what it was like experiencing that as a dad. Okay, it's, uh, it was outstanding. Um, so, yeah, Trent's uh, playing football up there. He's uh, in the quarterback group. Um, and I'm super proud of his journey because uh, when he came out of Chessoning, um, he didn't have a lot of accolades, a lot of stats or anything like that. But, you know, Elmo was, uh, saw something in him and took a chance on him. So... Um, I've always coached him to, you know, just give effort and give hustle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're most proud of him for. Um, when he went in as a freshman, they had eight, nine quarterbacks in his class. Wow. We just talked about cut them in half, you know, get to the top half, get to your A group. So he did that. And um, that was COVID year, so that was uh, quite challenging. Um, they ended up only playing two games that season. Um, so then fast forward to the sophomore year, same thing. You know, these small colleges, they got to bring in a lot of guys. Um, so there's competition there, and you can't shy away from it. So right. we, we just talked about do it again, you know, cut them in half, get to the top half. Well, he uh, did that. And uh, third game last year is named the starter. Uh, had a good run. You know, they went five and five, not where they wanted to be. So as their staff is uh, charged with, you know, they got to make things better and um, change personnel and things like that. So that's what they did this year. And uh, they came out of the gate just, I mean, killing people. <laughs> and it was yeah. pretty fun. Um, Trent faced some adversity. Uh, same thing, you know, do what you can, hustle, effort every day. Yeah. So work. Yep. Um, by the time midseason come around, he was, uh, he's a backup. Uh, to a kid who's very good out of uh, Indiana, um, and their so their their squad went ten and zero uh, in their regular season. First time the team's ever gone ten and zero. 
Um, they ended up 11 and one, first playoff win in program history. Wow. Um, and so, you know, Trent played in uh, quite a few games, had some stats and stuff, but but um, I think it's a great lesson in yeah. just becoming part of, uh, do you want to be something bigger or do you want to be the man? Because being the man, you know, maybe limits your success. And sure. I, I think it's a lot, you know, I, I've learned a lot coaching him through those, those types of things that I can apply to us too, because, uh, you know, we need a team, we need people. Mm-hmm. And if it's just all about you all the time, that's very limiting. Yeah. And so that was the most fun. Uh, tailgate's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> meeting parents is fun. Uh, just being around winners, yeah. uh, people who want to be there. Um, well, just just fun. observing it on social media looked like a lot of fun, you yeah. know, and to to see your kid be able to be a part of something like that and go through that and and be a part of that school's history, doing something they've never done. I think that's awesome, regardless of what role you played in it. I mean, it takes a team, right? And so, you know, seeing him, seeing you as a dad, being able to enjoy that, I just really, really enjoy. Some of my best memories as a dad are just you know coaching my boys right. and experiencing those. This year, I have a. Uh, senior again uh, my my oldest son graduated last year we won a state title um and then this year we we have some pretty good players we lost six of our top seven guys so it's it's kind of a challenge we have some good players but not a lot of experience so we're kind of going through some of that early season adversity and uh trying to determine who's going to step up and be the leader you know i'm talking to my oldest son about what it means to be a leader and of course nobody gives more effort than that kid more hustle he tries but you know, I'm trying to teach him that leadership is not just about, you know, running the hardest, you know, it's yeah. about kind of the culture we're trying to build and getting the other guys to, to buy into it and to, to meet his intensity. And so, you know, it's fun. It creates a lot of great conversations. Sometimes it creates a lot of this. I'm sure you had yeah. that with your, your boys. Oh, yeah. You were his coach in high school, you said? Uh, and youth. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, I didn't coach him in high school. He, he got beyond me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then that, those conversations that come home, sometimes it yeah. creates a little bit of adversity because you're trying to push them, but also creates a lot of good memory. So, so I, I find too, that when I'm trying to help him through things that it, it helps me. Yeah, for um, sure. Learn from and, them. And then you come across like, that's why I enjoy talking to you today. Um, because you always have the people who just see the outside and really the inside is what matters right in life i mean and if you can understand that um it's not about it's really hard to say but it's it's not about the stat line it's not the headlines that makes teams go that's right you know we're forced to live that this year and it uh coming out the other end it's it was just a lot of fun yes you know then with ava um similar stuff you know um She's uh, in high school, and she's pretty good athlete. So, um, you know, now you're living still at the top, but, you know, we, we just keep talking about those experiences of, you know, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get up. Right. So it's – I wouldn't trade sports and driving no. everywhere no. going everywhere for anything. Some people, it's not their gig, but I we have loved it. It's, that's what I told my wife, you know, she's, it's especially during basketball season because – both the boys and girls play at the same time and you know i have two two girls playing basketball two boys now that we've graduated one that that's a little bit less but it's just constant travel and practice games and 
And I just said, she sometimes she's like, man, she loves going to the games, but it's just, it's a lot. And, but we were both talking about, like, we're going to miss it when it's gone, you know, because what are we going to mm-hmm. do on our weekends? What are we going to do on Friday night, you know? So, so, yeah, it's a lot of awesome. Well, well, congratulations on the success your kids are having. Enjoy those memories, you know, and uh, keep us posted on social media how it's going. And Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you and uh, what you're up to these days? Um. I'm <laughs> about me. Sometimes it's hard for me to talk about me. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, 53 years old, just turned 53. Uh, beautiful wife, Kelly. Uh, we've been married for 20 years. And then our kids that we've just talked about. Um, I was uh, in the beer business for 25 years. Um, got me to where I am today. I'm very thankful for that opportunity. Um, taught me a lot. And, um, you know, I just decided uh, a long time ago that we were going to start investing in real estate. And uh, that kind of brought us to where we are today, Um, stepping out on our own and kind of doing our own thing. Yeah, that brings us to Stelvio Equity Group. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit of what Stelvio Equity Group is and what you guys do? Uh, The basic is uh, we buy cash flowing businesses with investor partners. in its simplest form, um, the, uh, the uh, not-so-simple words are we're a real estate syndication company. But uh, our vehicle happens to be um, going and buying multifamily properties. So we identify properties to buy. We put um, people together that want to invest in those, and then we go acquire them and manage them. Um, we started doing it... Um, with the syndication model in 2020-ish, January. Uh, we acquired 99 units that year. Um, we had a pretty good year in 2021. We were able to get uh, up to 204 units. So today we have a portfolio that's worth about $12.5 million. Wow. I think we have uh, $2.5 million invested um, in those 204 units, which is... Um, three properties, uh, one's here in Corona, Meadowview Apartments, and then we have some in uh, Elma, and we have some up in Saginaw Township. So it's it's basically just bringing, um, putting deals with dollars and people who are interested in uh, maybe an alternative asset uh, rather than your more um, traditional uh, stock market, money market funds and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so, you know, when you invest, then you're, you know, I'm the operator is, and Josh is a partner, Josh Gallardi, mm-hmm. who I think, yeah, you well, guys yeah. talk. Yep. He'll be on um, soon. Yep. Um, and then as well as my wife, Kelly, who is also our business partner, uh, runs the operations. And then um, we have a staff of three maintenance techs and uh, one full-time property manager. So. Um, the team is growing. It's growing. So where did the name Stelvio come from? Uh, it's a pretty good story, I think. Um, <laughs> so when I started, I started with Capstack LLC. And we're going to do our little thing and start a little online presence and get things going that way. And um, it must have worked a little bit because one day I got an email from a guy named David Blatt. And... Uh, He's like, hey, pretty cool, um, but I own a trademark to Capstack, and 
we're kind of in the same business realm and maybe you want to um think about rebranding and i was like first i was like no (laughs) but then i did some research on him and he's a very big operator new york city and miami and i was like oh well he has a legal office i don't i was like yeah we could (laughs) rebrand um so being in the branding business you know that you make a living doing this for people it's not an easy thing no and it was taking a while to really come across anything and i was just sitting at my desk one day and our and an image came up um like on windows come it pit, comes through and you get different images like mm-hmm. i have mine static so and it's this big path and it's going up this mountain and it's dark and it's like well, i'm like what is that and it's it's the Stelvio Pass, and it's the pass over the Alps in uh, um, in Italy, northern Italy. And I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool because I crafted that all into the name Stelvio Equity Group because I didn't want my name. Um, first of all, I don't want to work in the business the whole my whole you life, know, so yeah. I'd like to be able to maybe step out someday. Um, but I, I like the imagery and I like the symbolism because, um, our path, our journey to the top is ever winding. Sometimes you go sideways. Sometimes you actually have to go back down to go back up. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you can always see the top, then there's a way to get there. Very cool. And so then, you know, I worked on our logo and stuff too, and it's, uh, it's pretty simple, but it has S coming through it. Um, that symbolizes the path. Two colors symbolize strength. We have to come together to make something strong. Um, backgrounds might be different. Experiences are different, but um, you know the overall main crux of it is um, bringing people together. And, and the journey is uh, not always easy. Yeah. Um, but if we keep going, we'll get to the top. Well, I love it, man. It's a strong logo that's on your shirt there. I think it's excellent. Uh, I love hearing the story behind it. That's cool. I mean. To me, every great brand has a good accident. <laughs> yeah, but that's how a lot of great brands are created, you know. Yeah. But the fact that it has a meaning, I can totally see it now. So I'm glad we got the opportunity for you to explain that because that's really, really cool. So whoever did it, is, is, did, did um, who, who designed the logo? Uh, so I worked with Zach Lonsway a okay, little yep. bit on it. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a good logo. It's yeah. a good logo. You guys did a good job with it, and I yeah. think it's a strong brand. I love the colors, everything about it. So who is then the ideal customer? Who are you looking for? Who should be looking for you? Um, so we're small, and that's a difficult question a lot of times because uh, we're trying to grow. Um, ideal customer is someone who is interested in real estate, um, probably has some familiarity with real estate, um, and is interested in passive investment versus active um because our our current models right now um you don't have to do anything yeah um which is good for some people which is not good for other people um so a lot of people who are the movers and the shakers you know they want to be real active um so i don't know that we've narrowed it down to a, a specific age range or anything like that but it's somebody who has the capacity and is willing to invest um, a good amount um, for up to five years or, or starting at five years mm-hmm. because multifamily is a, a long-term game. Yeah. So 
um, I guess breaking it down, it'd be, you know, a little bit about real estate. You understand the vehicle. Uh, we can add to that education. You have the capacity and you're willing to tie up your money yeah. in an investment for income. about five years. Yeah. Okay. So somebody who, and what's the, the base point of entry as far as dollar amount is there or does it vary? Uh, we have a guideline, uh, 50,000. Um, that being said, we have several people who are below that mm-hmm. and we have several people who are above it. So if you so have some passive, in, you have some passive income, you're looking to invest it, something that has a better return than a lot of things you would do through a bank, probably most things you would do through a bank. Um, they should reach out and see what, see what you guys can do. They can also go to your website and get a lot of information there as well. Yep. Right. Stelvioequity.com. Um, so yeah, uh, expanding just a little bit like the range of people that we work with um people who have maybe an ira we can we can do ira money um people who have just like you said maybe that cd sitting out there that isn't doing anything Mm -hmm. but then we also have some pretty um high net worth people that um you know can write a check and just you know say hey i like to be diverse yeah and so this is one of my 10 or 15 that we have going so cool very cool. Yeah. All right. So what are some things going on now? Maybe some things coming up that people, you know, that are interested, listening, should be looking for, or maybe know someone that might be interested. What are some things that uh, you got coming on the pipeline that you're excited about? Um, so the market has changed significantly. For sure. Um, just in the last six months. Uh, we're always looking, we're looking for our next deal. And we like to stay local. So that is limiting at times because um, with our size and our capacity right now, we want to stay local. Um, That being said, you know, we did have a deal going that just uh, didn't work out for various reasons. And just this morning on my way here, I was texting another broker to see, hey, what's what do we got going? What's going on with that? Yep. So the. The short answer is we're looking for our next opportunity. What does that opportunity look like? It's uh, we target properties that are um, what you would consider probably C class. So like not to get into jargon, but C class is like your working class neighborhoods. Um, opportunity for some improvement, maybe some interior exterior improvements. Um, and that your average person can live at, not luxury and, and not uh, distressed neighborhoods. Um, and then we want units that are ranging probably from, uh, in today's climate, about 50 on up to 100. That's about our capacity right now. So we're, we're looking at deals that are in the $3 million to $7, $8 million range. And so kind of just expanding on that, how do we do that? Well. Um, some of it's going to be our money from Stelvio Equity Group, but then we go and pair that money with investor, and then we, we go to a lender, um, whether it's a conventional lender or, or a, a Freddie Mac or something like that, and get that remainder of the balance and go buy the property and operate it. Okay. So you guys, you know, basically you find the property, um, you, I guess, crowdfund it. You find people who are, basically. yeah, find people who are interested in that passive investment. Mm-hmm. You take the money, uh, you purchase the property. Then do you guys then own and manage the property as well? Do the improvements, any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff? Yep. Okay. So you guys are actively involved in the project. So you're very vested in the success of the project. It's not just a, 
a money buy and then let's see what happens. Correct. You guys are doing the things necessary to make the project be successful. And then what is the typical return on investment time that people will start to see some of their money come back? Uh, so there are no guarantees and there's like no promises of anything, but, uh, I can speak to, um, an investment that we did locally. Um, we were paying 9% on that. So, wow. and I was able to, I, I don't, not I, we were able to, uh, uh, roll our investors out of that property in three years time. Um, we were on a five-year timeline. So from the standpoint of a, a great investment, that, that worked out really great. I mean, maybe the investor didn't um, want it to be in it for the five years, but I, I think it was a great success because we were able to identify it, get into it, do the improvements that we needed, provide the return for that investor, and then you know now you've got your capital back and uh, hopefully you'll reinvest with us. Yeah. Um, Typically, we, we're trying to get uh, 6% on your cash. Um, so like you put um, $100,000 in, 6%, we wanna pay you annually on that. And then um, overall, when we're done, um, we're looking at a double digit overall return. So how do you get there? You, you get there by paying down that debt um and then making those improvements and then so after we've hit that five-year run then if we did nothing else right and we just paid down the debt well we got a, a pretty good gap there um that will come back to you in the form of a return at a sale or a refinance okay so when somebody puts money in are they buying equity in the ownership of the property and then when they get bought out essentially are they getting bought out at the original equity they bought in, or is there a revaluation at the end of the buyout? So when we set it up, there's going to be a structure at the beginning. Um, typically, um, it's a 70-30. So 30% um, comes to our company for putting the investment together, mm -hmm. um, managing it, running it. You're buying 70% of that equity. So. Um, if we bring 10 people together, you divide up that 70%. If we bring one person in, they get the whole 70. Sure. So then we'll pay you based on a schedule throughout the life on a Determine upon your generally equity. a quarterly distribution. And then so when the, when the um, sale comes, let's just say we're going to sell it. When the sale comes, the object is we have created equity and let's say we've created another hundred just for easy math another hundred thousand dollars above and beyond what we're into it for so there's a hundred thousand dollars sure. profit there yeah we're going to split that so that's where your boost really comes from uh not just the cash on cash but the boost comes at the end um in yeah. the form of uh you know a sale sometimes you know, like the one we have over here, we, we just did a refi, a refinance to get that money back and to provide that boost. And then we were able to keep the asset, so. It sounds like a, a very, uh, cool. yeah, it sounds like a really <laughs> cool model. It sounds like a great investment, especially someone that's, you know, interested in real estate and maybe doesn't want to take the whole bull by the horns themselves, but wants to be involved in something. It sounds like a great bridge for that. And so, yeah, check them out. Check out Stelvio Equity, and we'll talk a little bit more about that going forward. One of the things we always do with our, our uh, guest is we send them a little questionnaire to mm -hmm. just get to know a little bit about them as a person. You know, I think it's, you know, particularly in a business like yours, someone that 
was would you know invest their money with you it's important they know who you are and what you're about Absolutely. there's got to be a little peace of mind there um and so that's kind of what this is about giving you the opportunity to learn a little bit about mark Devereaux, the person and so we asked the same 10 questions to everybody so we'll go into some of your answers were pretty good uh so we'll go through this uh, favorite place you've ever been you said in a tree stand in harrison county missouri i was thinking harrison michigan but yeah. harrison county missouri on a cold frosty november four in the morning <laughs> November 4th morning. Oh, I'm so, sorry. Yes, yes. Yeah. November 4th morning, yep. Um, and then a close second would be on an 80-foot private yacht in Cabo Whale watching. I mean, those are two polar opposite <laughs> So what's uh, what's Harrison County about? Um, is this a place you grew up or just a place no, you know? No, uh, I, I would say I was uh, baptized Catholic, but my religion is bow hunting. Okay. Bow hunting whitetails. <laughs> um, and we started going out there leasing ground and hunting bigger whitetails about 15 years ago i think okay um because uh again this kind of goes to my whole personality thing too is like i was sitting around here and had a couple of good pieces of ground and i just wasn't seeing big bucks and i was like oh i see all these big bucks out in out west you know iowa missouri and and uh, i said i'm gonna go out there and do that and so that's what we started doing and um yeah we had some good success and I mean, it was fun because you just see bigger deer. Yeah. <laughs> um, Better so corn there, maybe? <laughs> yeah, a lot of things. Yeah. Like, where we're hunting, there's like nine people per square mile. Oh, wow. Literally. Like, I remember the first time I was out there, seriously, I was like with my dad. And we come walking out, and I'm like, Dad. And we're like just looking around. There was no four-wheelers, no dogs barking. We could not. There was no house lights. And it was just dead quiet. It was weird. It yeah. Was just, I hear so, the gunshots going off everywhere. <laughs> then uh, the Kabul thing was like, that was the best trip I'd ever been on. I was fortunate enough to go with uh, uh, my uncle Keith when we were in uh, in the beer business, main beverage company. Um, one of his buddies, uh, uh, Michael Ryan, who owned Tom Ryan at the time, uh, Keith called up and said, hey, you want to go out on a boat today? We were down there for a conference. Yeah. Like, yeah. So me and Kelly were like, yeah, let's. So we get down to this marina. It says 80, I think it was 80, 85 foot yacht, like wow. three decks. I'm like, we just imagine this little. Yeah. So we were out there the whole day. Living it up. Oh my God. It was like the best, um, not margaritas, but Bloody Marys in the morning. Mm -hmm. We had Pacificos and there was whales and it was like the famous arch and it was just amazing yeah that's that's far more my speed than the than the, the the tree stand i'm not much of a hunter i try i just i can't sit quiet yeah. or sit still so i just scare everything away so the chances of me seeing anything yeah. <laughs> are really slim because i uh i'm just i'm I, I have add so i you know i or at least i think i do so i just can't sit still yeah but i admire guys that go out there and do that and all my buddies talk about how much fun it is but yeah and just, then like you said the polar opposites it's like i am a homebody so i love coming back home yeah so i, I like go there for a while even cities you know i'll go there for a while like yeah. it but i, I no place like home no nah, i mean i could sit by myself at home and just be fine yeah yeah i'm not much of a loner i'm not much of a loner i think the older i get the more i enjoy a little bit of downtime and mm -hmm. those types of things but so i like this when you said uh, a random fact about you is you sang with tim mcgraw yeah. How did this go down? Uh, same thing. I had some great experiences when we were 
um, in the beer business. Um, so Anheuser-Busch would sponsor a lot of people, and, and this, this was kind of, Tim McGraw was big yeah. with Faith Hill at the time, but uh, he was also sponsored by Bud Light. So we're down in Atlanta, and I was with a couple of our guys, and uh, we're literally walking on the street, and we hear Tim McGraw singing in this honky-tonk. And so we go in, it's jammed, and we're like, uh, yeah, it's Tim McGraw out there singing. <laughs> so we get to the front, and uh, he's doing a charity deal, and he's singing uh, covers for charity. So guys are like five, ten bucks, you know, sing this song, and he'll do it, and whatever. And so I was with uh, my buddy, Doug Alley, and I said, how much money you got? He's like, 100 bucks? I go, how much money? I, I got 100 bucks, too. I said, I'm going to offer this guy 200 bucks, but I want to sing with him. And <laughs> his, so the guy comes over, and he's like, I'll go ask him. So he goes and asks him, and he said, yeah, you're on. You're on next. Wow. What song you want to sing? I'm like, I don't know. Hell, I don't know. And the only, thing I, could, song, the only thing I could think of at the time was Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. And so I, I, he goes, yeah, we, we know that one. So he's like, I give him the 200 bucks. They picked the rope up. And I went up there on stage, and Tim McGraw's like, hey, how you doing? We talked for just a second. I, I remember the brim of his hat hitting me in the forehead, and uh, I was able to. Do you have this on video somewhere? Uh, we have pictures, yeah. Oh, I'd love to see it. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I was going to bring did, it, and I forgot. But, did you kill it? Uh, no, no. No, I'm terrible. I I was horrible, but. It was so much fun. The best part was the crowd knew the song, so yeah. <laughs> it's like sing along with you. Know, you. I knew, I knew a couple <laughs> lyrics, and that's about it. But it was so you cool. didn't upstage Tim McGraw. No, but no. you had a lifetime experience. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it takes then, a lot of courage to get up there and sing with someone like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, it's you have a little I, liquid courage in you, maybe. Well, yeah, but I also <laughs> have come to learn too that like doing things like this and and like if you don't get outside your comfort zone then yes. you're just comfortable and I'm big on that you just don't grow and every every time you do something like that you're like yeah and then you can just you know i would say like go as far as you can see and then you can see farther yeah it's scary sometimes That's a good but. point i like that so we asked you uh stranded on a desert island you get one cd what would it be forever and you said you got one song, is Cats in the Cradle by mm -hmm. Harry Chapman. Um, but then you'd add to that Elton John's Greatest Hits. But you only get one CD. So which one is this? So we can't combine. You can't combine. Can't it's not a mixtape. It's not, it's a, not mix a mix tape. tape. You got to have a, a CD that you buy or you know a record. All right. <laughs> well, tape. I would choose the Harry Chapman and Cats in the Cradle. And I really don't know what other. I know there's he's got photographs and some other stuff. That's got so, a mellow vibe to it. And the, the, the reason I would choose is because, like, my dad played guitar uh -huh. all the time. And I remember all through elementary school, high school, and stuff like that, that's what he would do in the morning before school. He was a school teacher. And so before we go to school, he was always playing his guitar and, like, Cats in the Cradle. Like, if you listen to the song, too, it's like, yeah, it really hits you. It's like, uh, I didn't realize it probably at the time, but as my kids were Deep growing Deep lyrics. Up, yeah. 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 I want to be like you. Dad, <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> you know? cool. Yeah, so yeah, I'd have to choose that because I could good listen one. to it. Totally irrational fear is that not good enough or perpetual fear of being underprepared. Yeah, you said you're a details guy. Yeah, so when you're saying that your fear of not 
being good enough, meaning more just that you didn't prepare well enough to be ready. Correct. Where like, do you think that like comes what from? What am I going to miss? Like, yeah. what am I, um, like today, you know, trying to prepare for this, you know, and, and really it's just a conversation yeah. and I am probably hundred percent prepared for it because you know, sure. it's my life. It's your but, life. It's all about you. Yeah. yeah it, it, but it's like, you know, you want to nail it and, uh, you want to be right. And, um, you know, you don't want to look bad and, uh, you know, where does that come from? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, I think a healthy, uh, fear of, uh, failure is good. Yeah. Keeps um, you sharp. And, you know, I continually have to work on confidence, um, being humble, mm -hmm. you know, not thinking you're the best all the time, I think keeps you good. Yeah. I mean, if, if we study sharp. the best players, um, one I can think of right now, Tom Brady, like he never loved Tom Brady, never thought he was the best. Yeah. Still doesn't today. Yeah. Still works Just at competes. it. Like yeah. he's the worst. And, um, I wouldn't say I consciously think about that, but it's like that fear of, uh, I don't want to, you know, let somebody down sure. or, or not. It's perform. a very common thing. I mean, and you know, I, in coaching, you know, young student athletes, it's probably the number one thing I come across that, mm -hmm. that you know, you'll see a kid like in sixth, seventh grade that will dive for every loose ball and give their guts out on the court. And then the older they get, they get more hesitant to do that yeah. because they have this perception that other people are grading them higher or harder. So they don't want to look stupid. They feel yeah. like if they don't look right. It's, you know, so the, it's a very real thing to kind of come into this idea that, you know, people are judging me. The first time I did this podcast, my yeah. first episode, <laughs> yeah. I watched it back. We recorded it. I had a guest on. And it sucked so bad. I mean, it was just <laughs> awful. Everything I said, I hated. I'm like, do I really look that fat? Do I really talk like that? It was awful. Yeah. So I literally asked the guest to come back and we redid the whole thing. And he was gracious enough to do it. And, and then I watched it back and it still sucked. It was just as bad <laughs> as the first one. And I just said, you know what? I got to put it out there. The only way I'm going to get better at this is just by doing it. And, you know, I'm sitting in my own suite with my own cameras and my own lights and I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm like I decided to do this. What am I so nervous about? And it's that fear of like not saying the right things, yeah. letting people down. It's very common. But you know, I just think that in what I teach my boys is, you know, there is a good healthy fear of failure, but not to the point where it doesn't allow you to jump out and do things that you know you should do. Like you said, step right. out of your comfort zone, try those things that are difficult. You know, the reason our podcast is called the No Easy Way Out Podcast yeah, I love it. Yeah. is because I think so many entrepreneurs that I've experienced, they try to skip over all the difficult things and they, they look for the easy way out of things and you just don't have success for that. So it's inspired by that song from Rocky Four. The Rocky movies always inspired me growing up. Yep. You have this guy that's having this internal battle. His wife doesn't want him to fight. You know, it'd be the easy thing for him to just live his cushy life and, and retire but you know he's just the, the the song is just perfect for that moment where he just says i got to do this difficult thing because it's the right thing to do and i got to prove to myself that i'm not afraid you know he's and so you know for me i think uh, everybody has fear everybody has fear and there's nobody even the most confident person doesn't want to look stupid or look mm -hmm. underprepared but confidence come from number one saying i'm willing to try it but then number two, like, like going along with your answer is being prepared, putting in the work, putting in the practice. So this is a very common thing. And that leads to the, the next one, which I think is a great example of that. The favorite movie or TV show is Hoosiers. Yeah. It's a great movie, a great underdog story. 
Uh, I love the scene in that movie where Gene Hackman takes him into the gym, the big gym where they yep. make it, and he yep. shows him like the rim is the same yep. height, the goal is the same circumference, the three throw lines the same. To just realize like it looks bigger, but it's really the same. Right. And sometimes we amplify fear in our mind. Yeah. And like, uh, so a couple things. Uh, one thing I take I take out of Hoosiers too is I'll make it. Yeah. Like Jim Chitwood says, you know, they're going to run a play for the other guy. And he's yeah. like, I'll make it. I'll make it. And, yeah. but the other thing is too, is like you say, the bigger and measuring the stuff, like even in real estate, um, we, I remember still buying, um, our first house in 2002 and I called up countrywide mortgage, which is no longer in business. And I was so scared. We're buying a because I'm, I'm working a job and Kelly's working a job and we're going to buy this in, uh, I'm scared to take out a $35,000 mortgage mm -hmm. and, but translate all that from there to today. Right. Multi it's bigger, dollar deals. but it's the same. Yeah. And so if you start just breaking down the fundamentals of real estate, um, it's, it's bigger, but it's the same. And, and as, if you have your fundamentals right and you do everything right, then it's really no different. And actually, it's more fun because it's bigger. And <laughs> some people, the bigger know, the risk, the bigger the reward. Well, a lot of people, too, they say, uh, wow, that's, yeah, like you say, risky. Like, yeah, it's a lot more, but I, I think actually with more, there's less risk. Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's a sure. little simplified, but sure. um, if we have, more doors we have more cushion for um the hiccups yeah so yeah smaller margin of error um so you're actually the second person in the last few weeks that's been on the show that said this would be your favorite meal and that is the venison backstrap wrapped in <laughs> bacon medium rare we had nathan henney on the show who's the city manager and he oh, said yeah. the same thing and I don't think that I've ever actually had venison backstrap. I've had venison steaks, and the way they were prepared were not good. Uh, they were super oh, dry and thin. I'm sorry. And <laughs> I love venison jerky. I love venison yeah. summer sausage. But I told him, I was like, I got to try some of this venison backstrap because the way he talked about how he prepares it and it, you know, just said it's amazing. So I'm going to have to try it. But wrapped in bacon, medium rare, side of mashed potatoes, sweet corn, four prawns, and an ice cold Budweiser. I mean, that's a well-rounded meal there. Yeah. That's very specific. You got it ready to got go. It all. So if you're ever getting ready to go to the electric chair, you know what what's, <laughs> know getting, what what's getting requested. That sounds like a good meal. I'm going to have to have someone that knows what they're doing prepare some of that for me. Said that he, any job in the world would be the one you're building right now. I don't think it's lame at all. I think that's great. I mean, you know, you had a very successful career and stepped away from it to do your own thing, pursue your own dream. I think that's very inspiring and not lame at all. So sometimes scary yeah absolutely absolutely you know, the, the other job i thought would be really great after i was thinking about it for a minute a bullpen catcher on a world series championship team <laughs> that, yeah that's a great job yeah just free access to all the games stuff yeah, watching that yeah front row seats the guy warmed up front row seats that's a great gig yeah seeds probably make a good salary doing that too <laughs> um yeah me and my boys were talking about yesterday like they were talking about nba salaries and um I think he said there's the lowest guy in the NBA makes like $800,000 mm -hmm. or something like that. And 
He's like, man, I go sit on the bench for eight hundred thousand. I'm like, I go sit on the bench for what I make now. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. just get front row seats to every game. Like, lower the minimum. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the chance you may go in from time to time, but you know, the human victory cigar. Uh, I like this one. Uh, an actor to play. You said Al Pacino because you've always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah, Al Pacino I, does it right, man. I. Uh, you know, I watch movies, but I'm not like a real movie buff. Yeah. So like even naming actors like right now, I would have a hard time with. But Al Pacino's a good one. I like Del Pacino. Like if Godfather ever comes on, like I can just watch it. Yeah. And, you well, know, it's probably that fantasy classic. land. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think every guy likes that. Being yeah, the, that's, a, that's cool. Being the hammer or something. You yeah. Know? But. Proudest achievement is your family, wife Kelly, son Trent, daughter Ava, and bringing the world-famous Budweiser Clydesdales to Owasso. Was that during the Kerwood Parade? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was I I uh, Main Beverage's 50th year anniversary, I believe. So we're going on like a while ago now. but And then it was also an anniversary for Kerwood. So yeah, we did it during the Kerwood Festival. Wow. And again, that was like another big swing type thing. Where oh, yeah. Um, now, are there actually like a specific? I mean, how many are there? Six, uh, eight, eight. And yeah. So, there's actually eight specific Clydesdales that, or is there like a I think they farm have, of Clydesdales that they have a farm, but then they have like uh, two or three full time teams. Wow! And then they travel That's pretty the country. Big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. It was a big deal, and the uh, schedule happened to work out right that they could fit us in in between. I think they were iowa or something and they were headed to the east coast so um yeah me and a buddy brian rojas i don't know if you know I him know brian. but i know the name we uh coordinated that with main beverage and got him here and it was uh it was a lot of fun very very cool and then your last one here uh any wish besides unlimited wishes you said wish for my brother-in-law jeremy wall to have a do-over talk to him about that yeah so um that's Kelly's brother. Yeah. And he had a diving accident with his brother, Ryan, like 17 years ago now, and broke his neck and quadriplegic. He passed away in July here. So I remember hearing about that. Yeah. I yeah. just, it was a tough time. And, you know, how do you do with your challenges? I think he did really well. Um, he gave it hell for 17 years, you mm -hmm. know. But, just looking back, you know, it's like one thing you would wish for that's front of my mind right now is because we've been very blessed. Our yeah. whole family, uh, uh, you know, not a lot to complain about like we were talking at the beginning. Um, he could have complained. He didn't. He didn't. And, uh, you know, and I, my heart hurts for Kelly, too, because it was her best buddy. And sure. I just, you know. If that was one thing I could wish for right now, that's yeah. what it would be. Well, I mean, I never met Jeremy personally, but I know mm -hmm. he inspired a lot of people. And even yeah, going absolutely, that, it was super this, inspiring to me too. Like yeah. in ways that they never knew, or he never knew. Um, like not trying to minimize things for him, but like I would say, you know, some days, well, Jeremy can, you know, get out of bed. I, I can get out of bed. Yeah, you know, if if he can do this, then. You know what, what am i complaining about or what are we complaining about right you know? so um he was good with his hands he you know and and kelly and i were talking too we we envisioned like right now he'd be helping us in our business from a maintenance sure. standpoint so you know it's just uh 
you know, but um, he was so good to my kids. We inherited his dog, Vinny. <laughs> it was pit bull. <laughs> Our That's a job I saw. Yeah. Pit bull owners yeah. and. Yeah, we have fun with that, but yeah, well, I think that's we, a we great wish. Him. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, let's let's get a little bit. Uh, thank you for sharing those things with us. By the way, yeah. it lets people kind of get a good look at uh, the man behind the the myth. <laughs> um, but let's talk a little about your journey, your professional journey. I know we've touched on it a little bit, but uh, where were you born and raised? I was born in Owasso. Okay. Um, and then I was raised, I grew up in Twining, Michigan, uh, mm. which is, uh, you got to go north out of Bay City, US 23 to Standish. And then it kind of cuts over heading through Omer and Agre. Well, Twining's up, up in that up area. Up thumb? No, it's like, uh, I don't know which way your camera is, but. Yeah. I just gotcha. up, up gotcha. around the okay. bay, north right. of, uh, you know where Standish is at all? Yeah, ish. Yeah. Ish Standish. I know. Oh, ish. So it's by Omer. Yeah. Omer sucker capital of Michigan. Okay. okay. <laughs> so that's where I grew up. My dad was a high school teacher, um, started there, retired there. Um, I had 42 people in my graduating class, small class D high school is now closed, um, oh. due to the, you know, economic conditions or whatever. And, uh, uh, so let's see, I played, uh, basketball at Olivet college for a couple of years. Oh, really? Um, my brother-in-law a, played at Olivet at a, you know, short little career down there and finished up at central What position. Do you play? Uh, I was what would be considered probably three now. Yeah. Uh, power forward type guy. Yeah. Uh, that would be my other wish. Like four more inches. Yeah. So I was oh, six, yeah. seven. I could, <laughs> That's what I always say, man, I, I always say if I had, you know, I had say six inches, but you know, I was much more skilled back in the day. I still can shoot better yeah. than anyone on my team, but that's about all I got. And yeah. I can't do it for long cause they start getting out of breath, but yeah, yeah. A little more height. I think I could have, you know, played basketball at another level, but yeah. So had fun with that. Um, so then just coming out of college, I, uh, I studied what business and economics and coming out of college, I, I had worked for my grandpa there at main beverage for a couple of seasons, uh, summers. And he was like, literally, well, you need a job. I was like, yeah, I need a job. So I started working for him and, uh, that's where I, I stayed for 20, I think I ended up with 25 years in there. And, um, first day on the job, I, I, uh, hand unloaded a wine truck. So we get these, um, semi load of wine. It was, you had to hand stack it back on pallets and it was mm -hmm. like 90 degrees. And I'm like, what did I sign up for here? But <laughs> ended up being a great, great career, great, uh, experiences. And I was lucky to, uh, lucky to have hooked on with them. And, um, you know, and I started, uh, started investing in real estate about 2002. So in my capacity at Maine, I was, uh, uh, eventually made it up to CFO and I was in charge of our uh, human resources and stuff like that. So um, I was like one of the guys that brought in a 401k and mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is a good deal, you know, which, which it is for some people. Um, but I was like spending money faster than I could save it. And, yeah. and then, so when I took that first 30% hit, I was like, how in the heck is this going to work for me? Right. Like, I'm not putting like 70, 60% of my check in my 401. And then, yeah. and so I, I just got onto real estate and, um, uh, 
because, you know, I'm not a rocket scientist or anything like <laughs> no, that. I, I don't have. So, and it was something I could do while I'm working. And so we started there, bought a house, started flipping houses. Um, Corey Shook, mm -hmm. um, really, I mean, she's the reason we're sitting here today, basically. We, we had the idea that we're going to flip houses, and so Kelly and I did that. We uh, flipped eight houses here in Owasso, ended up with four um, free and clear rental properties. So we're like, oh, and again, bigger, better, right? I, yeah. don't, I don't know. but Yeah. So we flipped those into uh, a 24-unit apartment complex, flipped that into acquired 15 more, flipped that into 99. So we've just been building since yeah, then. Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah. Step by step. A lot of times yeah. people will see like, you know, an entrepreneur experiencing mm -hmm. success and they're like, well, if that guy can do it, I can do it. I know a lot of people have thought that about me because I'm just a simple guy from Owasso. You know, I don't have a college degree. I didn't study business, marketing, any of that stuff, but yeah. I just understand how business works and how to grow one. And, but to get where we're at eight years has been a long journey and not just the seven years we've been open. This started a long time ago where I was, you know, designing logos on the side for people using Microsoft publisher. Um, and so you just kind of learn and you get better, but there's a journey that comes along with this. And that's why I love doing this show because I get to learn, you know, what kind of brought people to the point where they're at. Cause you know, the overnight success story is so rare. I think that's one of the troubles with our youth today is they go on YouTube and they see these yeah. overnight, you know, someone got discovered on YouTube with their, their, you know, their song, or they had a, they started a show that just went viral, a podcast or, but those are so rare. I mean, it's one in millions, a lot, you yeah. know? And so you have kids like spinning their wheels to try to be this overnight succession, succession, success. Thank you. An overnight success. And they don't put in the work, you know, and even those people that probably got discovered overnight, probably had a lot of time and effort put into doing whatever they did. And so you get kids that they don't want to do hard work. They don't want to do the things that suck. They don't want to do the difficult things and they get frustrated with life and frustrated with, and then they compare themselves. Well, this person's more successful yeah. than me. Yeah. And that's why I think like, Everyone's got a journey. You got to go on the journey. You got to put the time in. It will pay off if you put in the work. That's uh, that is the hard part. Um, and absolutely, like so, I can think of a few people around here locally, you included. That, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to know the story. Uh, but yeah, they look at this is beautiful. This is a beautiful setup you got here. But appreciate that. You know, I just didn't just didn't get here. No. And, you know, I, I don't think. Uh, it's it, it's been difficult at times things are always difficult but i i think that you have to go through something to get something mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes i gotta remind myself of that too because it does get hard um sure. but like we if you just look around at any of these people and then people on your podcast and everything it's like it's just not how it happens no. man They're, you learn a lot more from loss or failure than you do from winning. Try to limit our losses. <laughs> yeah, of course, you have to. But but the, the biggest life lessons sometimes are learned more in those moments of, and yeah. I don't like the word failure. I always tell people failure yeah. isn't failure unless it's final, meaning if you just quit. But anything yeah. that, you know, you had a setback and it inspired you to do something more, take the next step, it's part of the journey, man. And so 
you know, you learn sometimes a lot more lesson, a lot more growth comes from those setbacks, those moments of defeat, you know, those, those little losses, you know, obviously none of us are looking to have the big loss, but you know, those little defeats, those little setbacks are the things that they'll either make or break you. I mean, some people, they have that and then they become this better version of themselves and some people fall under. And I would say a lot of times you don't realize how close you are to success when you quit. Like, you know, just keep pushing forward. If you believe in what you're doing, you're passionate about it and keep pushing forward, embrace the suck, (laughs) embrace the difficult things. And you know, it it will come to fruition. It will happen. Yeah. Something I found too is like, uh, I still struggle with it is just, uh, maybe having one or two or three that you can reach out to that um, you can have those conversations with because um, not everything goes your way. And like, how do you, how do you manage through that? Right. Uh, how do you uh, be able to talk about that where, so people don't think you're a failure, you know, and stuff like that. It's just, um, and that's still a struggle for me at 53 years old. You know, I'm, I'm I still struggle with, Wow, I wish I would have said something quicker. You know, I would. I wish sure. I would have. Hey, reached out to Tony and said, "Hey, I'm having problems with this." You know, mm-hmm. but um, you, you just have to understand that everybody has problems. Yeah, like we all just 100%. need to work towards solutions. Yeah, and uh, well, again, you go to social media, and you know, I call it the highlight reel, right? Everybody's posting <laughs> their best day, their best move, their best decision, their new car, their new relationship. Their, and so, like, you go on social media, and it's, like, one person after the next, it's their best day. Man, I suck. And you're, like, holy Man, cow, why is everybody sucks. winning and I'm losing, right? <laughs> and nobody goes on and posts, you know, what yeah. they suck at. They post yeah. the good things. And so, you know, you have to be careful not to get too caught up in the highlight reel because, again, it's just a one moment in their whole year. And maybe 364 yeah. days sucked and one day was good, and that's the day that they posted you know, they're on vacation somewhere or whatever. And you're like, man, I'm still here in this cold, sucky Owasso. Why right. am I not on a boat, you know, in Cabo? <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, it, it's just really about staying focused on what you're doing and having your own vision. I'm, I'm a really big vision guy. Like, know where you're going. Yeah. That way, when, you know, you feel like you're lost, you can look back at the destination and say, okay, I just got to go back here to get back on the path, you know. Um, but absolutely, you know, the journey is part of it. You know, Kobe Bryant used to say, I think he said in his final speech as a Laker, he said, the journey was the fun. The journey was the success. The work was the win, you know, and not just the five championships and the accolades, but the work that we put in, that was the journey. That was what made it fun. Yeah. And I, I think we don't always realize that. I don't, I don't either. I mean, cause but hopefully, like me, I like to maybe sit and have a drink at the end of the week or something. And hopefully you can, you know, reflect on the accomplishments because, you know, you did do some stuff. You, mm-hmm. you got some stuff done. And then just because it's immediate in my mind, the same thing on the football journey is like, you know, yeah, my kid wants to play more. Uh, we want him to play more. But in 10 years you're going to come back here as a uh, hall of fame team a hall of fame teammate you're going to have teammates doing that yeah um maybe you you know i want my business to be bigger now but um i'm going to look back on everything we've done so far and we've had some great successes and sometimes it's hard to focus on that stuff and, and remember that stuff because i i think too if you're if you're the type that 
wants to be great, wants to be good, and wants to build that you're never satisfied. And, right. And so, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, like, yeah. I, well, I, and that's why I love, a- I didn't love it, but I, I like going through the list that you sent. Yeah. Because it, it forced me to stop and slow down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important that we celebrate the milestones, celebrate the successes. Sometimes we're just on to the next one, right? We mm-hmm. do something good, mm-hmm. and okay, we did that, now let's keep going. Mm-hmm. And you have to stop for a minute and smoke that victory cigar and just you know, be appreciative of what you just did and, and appreciate the people that helped get you there and the team yeah. and all those things. Because if not, you start to only focus on those little things. I mean, let's face it, being a business owner, a small business owner in 2023 with the economy, with what you have to pay people to be able to live, what you have to pay yourself to be able to live, and what you're able to charge a client, you know, that is feeling the same uh, pains as you are. Yeah. You know, one of the first things people do as a business when they start feeling the pinch is they'll cut marketing. Mm-hmm. And I always would yeah. say, you know, of course, this is the marketing. I would say that's not the time to cut marketing, you know, boost sales, and you do that through good marketing. But that's not always easy because people are like, I got to cut costs somewhere. You know, it's either lay off this guy or cut my marketing budget. And so, you know, you start feeling that pinch, you know, just like everybody else is. And you start to think, man, is yeah. this, you know, you get scared and you get nervous, you get worried. Um, but that's where you got to kind of stay focused on where you're going one day at a time. Take, put the next step, next foot in front of the, the others. I know we're like one cliche after the next year, but. Um, it's really true, you know, and embrace those difficult things. And then I always say this too: um, remember that thing that made you successful and double down on it because sometimes mm-hmm. along the journey, we kind of get off what we were really good at from the beginning. You know, we see these other shiny toys and we start pursuing this. And sometimes when you get to that point where it's <laughs> squirrel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get to that point where you're like, uh, yeah. this is tough. Think about the thing that really set you apart at the beginning, the thing that made you resonate with your clients or with people and try to double down on those things because in many cases they're timeless and that's the thing that, you know, is going to set you apart. But, you know, just don't quit. You know, I mean, I guess there is probably a time where you have to hang up shop, you know, you have to put the cleats away and you got to walk away from it. But in that case, it'd probably be a a change versus quit, you know, I mean, Think the sure. Only time we're gonna quit is if when we're not here anymore. Yep. No, that's right. So I know Randy Woodworth when he was on the show, he he said something really good, and he said he said I know I'll never fail. And he said the reason I know I'll never fail because I'll never quit. Right. And so again, I said earlier, like failure isn't failure unless it's final. Right. And it might be a, a change. It might be an adjustment. It might be a, a transition to something a little different. You know, but I'm not yeah, quitting. I think about that too. Like. Uh, Okay, so um, what would I do? <laughs> I don't even think about that, right? Though. Right. Because you know it's really not an option at this point. And then, so when it does become an option or has to be an option, then then you just do it. You just yeah, you know, you just do. So you know, we talk about this journey, and and, and everyone's journey. There's things that you learn. I know we've talked a lot about all this, but I always like to ask my guests, what are some things that you've learned? in your professional journey uh, that would help someone listening that's maybe on the journey or thinking about starting a journey? What are some things that you've learned, some maybe principles that are universal? Um, so overall, like we were just talking, I think perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of people in real estate that when we started, um, 
that aren't in it anymore. So you have to be willing to withstand and have a vision and have a goal. Um, I think another one is like accountability, like uh, being accountable to yourself. And I've, I've found that sometimes easier said than done, especially when you're doing it yourself and you're, you're, you're your own boss. Um, so stick with that. Um, surrounding your people, surrounding yourself with people that, yeah, that, uh, you know, if, if it's not a fit, then change it. Yep. Um, like you said earlier with your son's football team, being around winners, like surround yourself with yeah, winners. Yeah. And then I think education too, like not, not formal education, but like there's so much stuff out there that you can pick up and read. And like, Always if learning. you're not, if you're not educating and changing and reading and and staying up to date on stuff you're following behind so my grandpa always used to he had a it was typewritten and i still remember it from like probably 2000 or 1999 on our little if you're not riding the wave of change you're drowning in it Hmm, that's good so you know you don't change just for change's sake, you, but change is inevitable. Adapt. And, and yeah. you know, if, if you're unwilling, like I still have people today tell us, I don't do email. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, but um, yeah. so yeah, it's just basic stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what do you think in your experience as the thing that separates successful people from unsuccessful people? And I always say like success is different for everybody. You have to determine what success looks like to you. Mm-hmm. Some people it's money, some people it's time, some people it's freedom, some people it's, you know, a big bank account. But regardless of what the success is, there are successful people and there are unsuccessful people. What do you think are some of the separators that is is between those two? Um so for me, I, I would define success for me as my family and freedom to be able to make some choices. Mm -hmm. And I think in order to get there, um, you gotta have effort and that effort has to come every day. Um, And you gotta have hustle. You you have to be willing to get out there and do stuff. Um, I I mean, really for me, that's kind of what breaks it down between success and not, I mean, Again, going back to sports, you can be the most talented person, but if you don't have the effort hustle to go along with it, 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 it just succeed. doesn't work. Yep, and, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to make any level of success. Whereas, you know, guys like us, we just get out there and we get her done. Mm-hmm. There's probably, the, I, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but we get out there and we get it done. So right. same. That yeah. that's how you that's how you get to where you want to go. Yeah, I tell people all the time like there's you can't make excuses. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's really no book or formula that works universally for everybody. There are principles that work universally, mm-hmm. like you said, hustle, effort, giving it your all, not quitting. Um but you know we're implementing a new system within our our business called EOS Entrepreneurial Operating System, and we've you know hired accordingly. We're making some moves to adjust things because I'm not the most organized person in the world, and so we have to do some organizing to really scale our company. And um, and so there's a book that comes along with this, and the book is fantastic and it's great. The first time I read it, I was like, yes, this is what we need. 
But sometimes you have to throw out the playbook. You can't read a book. <laughs> right. you, you can't think that reading a book is going to give you all the answers to success. Sometimes yeah. you just got to put your head down and you got to work and you got to figure it out. And there's a lot of books out there that help, that give inspiration, that help you learn from other people's wins and other people's successes and other people's failures. But at the end of the day, the answers do not lie in a book when it comes to business. Um, you have to look at your current situation, who you are, the market you're in is different than somebody mm -hmm. else's, the clients you have are mm -hmm. different than somebody else's. There's so many variables and you gotta sometimes just figure it out. And so that's why those universal principles of um, hustle, not not quitting, you know, effort, those things will always win through even better than, you know, maybe not better, but as well as any system that you could put in place. Absolutely. So. Like, so in, in our line of work, you know, I, I've probably read, I don't know, I think I'm over 50 books in the last three years, you know, just wow. based on real estate. But like you, like you hit the nail on the head, like, but if you don't get out there and do it, like you're never prepared for everything. Right. So that going back to, oh, I got prepared for the helmet. You know, but if you don't get out there and do it and you're not, you got to be willing to, um, overcome those obstacles that are going to be unique to you mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. And everyone that wrote like, a book, oh, well, you did it this way. Well, you did it that way. Well, you know, yeah, you take <laughs> all that together, but yeah, everyone that ever wrote a book wrote it based on their own experience and what they learned and, and what they have observed. Yeah. And again, there's a lot of things to be learned from that. I'm not diminishing the value of reading. I, I do it all the time and I try to get better. And like you said, educate yourself, learn. Um, but, no book or no person has the answer to your most difficult issues. You know, you just got to be willing to get out there and put in the hard work. And, and I, I see guys sometimes get hamstrung and that they have an issue. Like, well, let's see what the book says. Let's go to the manual. The manual says to do this. And it's like, maybe that's the answer, but maybe it doesn't work for you. Like his or her life experience, business experience might be completely different than yours. Yeah. And although that worked in their scenario. And the other thing is to knowing your personnel, you know, like, we have different people with different personalities that work with us. All my employees are creative. So I got graphic designers, web designers, videographers, you know, people that do printing, uh, all of these things. And so the creative mind is so much different than like what I dealt with when I was in the hotel business. You know, there is a very like task oriented, you know, clean yeah. this room and this amount of time, here's the steps and it's the same. So you can teach that to about anybody. Uh, but like you can't just teach graphic design to anybody and what motivates a creative might be different than motivates somebody else. And so you have to understand who your people are and how they tick and how to get the most out of them. And that's why I say like some of these things, uh, I think people hurt themselves when, you know, they look at a, a self-help book as like the Bible, like this is, this is my, yeah. this is my guide, you know? And, and so those things have their place, but those principles of hard work, effort, and determination, not quitting, those are those are universal. Yeah. And I think expanding on it just a little bit is like, I don't know if we talked on team, but I mean, no man, no woman is an island. Mm -hmm. You're not going to go anywhere without a team. And this goes back on other sports. I, I was fortunate enough to hear Tom Izzo speak at... Love the, Tom Izzo. Right after... Let's see. I, I don't remember when they won there. Uh, this, you already know the answer to the one question. Um, 
I don't remember when they won their championship in basketball. It was 2000. Michigan State? Yeah. Uh, I think their last one was right around 2000, yeah. Anyways, I'm a Michigan fan, but I yeah. love Tom Izzo. I was going to say, I'm a Michigan fan too, but <laughs> um, great basketball coach, great guy, great <laughs> leader. Uh, was fortunate enough to listen to him speak after that championship, like within two years. And um, the room was very small. And he talked about how his team was able to win that. And then he talked about, obviously, the players, his coaching staff. But then he talked about his admin secretary, his athletic secretary, his maintenance staff that propped the doors open for those guys to shoot extra hours. They all got rings, you know. And that's one lesson that I have learned throughout my careers of is – you're only as good as your people. Right. And I don't like saying your people. We're only as good as our team is. Yeah. And, you know, some people can work on our team. Some people can't. But you just keep, you know, there's. I can't get to where we're, we want to go without a team. With, without somebody over there managing right now while I'm able to do this. But that all works together. There's no one that is more important than the other. And sometimes it's hard for people um, to, to comprehend, to understand. Well, I think it's key that, you know, one of our core values here is gratitude. And the reason mm-hmm. it is, I think gratitude is one of, as a very undervalued, you know, character trait. Um, you know, I used to do a lot of management training when I worked mm-hmm. in hospitality. And what I would tell managers is if you view your people as your minions the people that are here just to do the job that you don't want to do to fulfill a role so that you can go sit in your office and drink coffee. Like if that's how you view them, they'll perceive it and you're never going to get the most out of them. And you're not going to really be successful because services, products, ideas, that's not what builds a business. It's people that build a business. Mm -hmm. And so when you can truly value and are grateful for the people that you have, like I realize that this thing is, although it's my brainchild and, you know, I, I, uh, thought of it and kind of came up with it. I would not be here today if it weren't for a lot of people that helped get me here. And even people that don't work here any longer were instrumental in helping us get to where we needed to go. And, and so, you know, not having that sentiment as a cliche, like, oh yeah, I value my people, but really have an appreciation for the people that helped get you where you are it's a game changer and and hopefully you'll be able to convey that to them and your people will see it and when people realize they're appreciated and valued they'll do more and they'll feel like they're part of something bigger you know yeah i think you can make bigger and you know some people would argue that bigger is not always better but i mean you have to get to a certain scale and anything you're doing yep um and it's the same way you know in our in our business is you know, we're, we're just trying to bring like-minded people together that, um, hey, maybe you could go buy a duplex on your own or a fourplex, but we're able to buy this big property that, you know, is going to take some of the risk off the table for everyone. And, you know, you don't have to do a lot because our team is going to handle it. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, uh, I, I learned that it took me a minute to learn that, mm-hmm. um, because like, you know, when you're young and sure. ambitious, you think, you know, it's all about you. But um, when you can get to that point where, like you said, gratitude and, and servant type yep. leadership stuff, yep. um, 
your success rate just exponentially absolutely just goes through the rough well one of my favorite quotes is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care right and, and that has <laughs> right. never been absolutely. more true than with you, you know your your people that are close to you and when people know that you truly care about them as individuals and you care about their livelihood and you care about mm -hmm. them being able to provide for their families um and it's not just about what have you done for me lately you know um then they will work harder and they will do more for you and when they see that you're stressed or in your you're in your time of they're gonna feel that with you and try to help you through it and not mm -hmm. just like well it's not my job you right. know and so i think that's very very important well i yeah. appreciate you being willing to share all these things with us and share your journey and share your experience i know people watching um you know will learn a lot from this um but we want to move to a segment as we get close to the end here uh, we call it um say it in 60. we try to squeeze the last few ounces of wisdom out of our guests we give you 10 rapid fire questions in 60 seconds There's no wrong answers they're your answers okay. so um yeah. so if you get them all right or if you get them all answered in 60 seconds then you win. That's it. No participation trophy, right. but you're just a winner, right? But there's no way to lose, right? There's no way. Well, if you don't get them all. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Oh. So do you, do you have 60 seconds on the timer for me? Are you ready? Yeah. All right. The timer starts now. What is a must-read book? Um, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. What is a daily habit everyone should do? Give effort. What is your favorite podcast? Uh, no easy way out. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan or Michigan State? Michigan. What is your why? Um, my family and the ability to make choices. Apple or Android? Apple. What is your favorite quote? Um, no excuses. What is a must-binge TV series? Uh... I don't know if it's TV, uh, Ozarks on Netflix. That's a good one. What is success to you? How much time has he got? 10 seconds. What is success to you? Um, I just go back to it. My, my family, um, my kids being successful and, uh, the ability to make choices. All right. Just in time. Good job. He did it. He's a winner. He's a winner. Everybody. He did it. All right, man. Well, man, I appreciate you being on the show. We're going to, we're going to finish the show with everyone's favorite our whisper challenge um but before we do <laughs> before we do that i'd like you to have the opportunity to look into this camera and plug whatever you pl want to plug let people know how they can find you find stelvio equity and all the information uh the easiest thing to do when you want to find us is go to stelvioequity.com which is s-t-e-l-v-i-o equity.com on there in the upper right, you can click a button, join our investor portal. Basically what that does is just kicks off a, a, a conversation with us and then we can go from there. Um, but uh, if you're interested in learning more about multifamily investing, passive investing in general, and uh, current state of the real estate market, hit us up. We'll get in contact. All right, good Thanks, plug, Tony. Man. Good plug, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being on the show. So we're gonna do this. Have you seen the Whisper Challenge before? yeah okay so you know you know what you're getting into here yeah we're gonna go two rounds all right two so rounds you'll get uh the headphones we'll put them on you first i'll try to say a phrase or a word um and then you 
See if you can get it. This is out of comfort zone because I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. I'm terrible at enunciating. But our last guest, uh, she had a she has like a degree in communications and speech, so she was able to read my lips oh. really easily. I, I don't have that. ACDC. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Never can go We're wrong. making it, you. There you go. I love it. I love it. You ready? Two words. Two. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Building equity. Building equity. Bushlight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Building equity. Mental anguish. <laughs> Pretty close. Building, building, building equity. I don't know. Equity. Building equity. I, I'm stuck on anguish. <laughs> <laughs> Last time. Building equity. Building equity. Building equity. There you go. Okay. Right. He got it. That's mental right. anguish. Right. That is. That's what I was thinking. I'll take those. That's what I was thinking. It's close, right? It's mental anguish. Um, oh, shoot. All right. All right. You got me some music here. Oh, wow. What do I do? Pick one? I can't sing as good as him, but... That was not good. Oh. You ready? Two words. Two words. <laughs> College quarterback. <laughs> oh, man. Say it again. College quarterback. Eligible. N no. Uh, College. Knowledge. Quarterback. Knowledge. <laughs> Knowledge you, is more than that. You, <laughs> yep, one more word after that. Not college. Is knowledge, right? No. Knowledge. Oh, it's not. It's close. Okay. College. 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 Quarterback. College quarterback. Yeah. All right. All right, we got it. We got it. All right, man. Good job. Yeah. You're saying knowledge. Hey, Carl. You got it. Close. All right. One knowledge more round here. College. You put these oh, we got to do on. it again? Oh, no, One more time. Yeah. Sweet home Alabama. There we go. All right. Is, are we ready? Four words. Four words. <laughs> Cats in the cradle. Cats. Cats. Not. Cats. Glass. Cats. 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 Cats? Cats in the cradle. Cats in the cradle. I lose focus, sorry. <laughs> That's all right, me too. <laughs> Cats. Gas. <laughs> Gas card. Cats. <laughs> Cats. Class. <laughs> Cats in the cradle. Cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> I don't. Cats. I'm not good at this. Cats in the cradle. 
Cats in the cradle. Cats. <laughs> good job. All right. Good job. All right. One more for me. That is tough. You, you were oh, close. You, had, you were saying cast. Cast. I thought you said cast. cast but. Okay. Okay. Oh, little Hotel California. <laughs> Ready? Ready? <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Two words. Two words. Tim McGraw. Oh, my song stopped. Sorry. All right. Okay. All right. One more time. Tim McGraw. <laughs> Two words, right? Two. Okay. What's the first word? Tim. Dim. Close. Tim. Tam. Tam. Dan, Dan. Add them together. Tim. 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 Tim McGraw. <laughs> he gets the easy ones. <laughs> Good job, man. Good job. We did it. We both stepped out of our comfort zones on that one. All yeah. right, man. Well, listen, we really appreciate you being on the show today. We fun, uh, enjoyed getting to know you a little bit more about you. And I look forward. I know we've had some meetings talking about what we might be able to do together. But I look forward to you know learning how we can help each other. And, uh, you know, maybe even become a prospective investor someday uh, with Stelvio. Uh, I don't have a lot of passive income right now, but I'm building it. So no, I'm excited about I think that. that's one conversation like a lot of people should start having too. Not, I mean, you're, you, I'm in the midst, you're in the midst, building, building, building. But right. like, uh, you know, at some point you don't want to work forever. Exactly. Maybe you do. I don't know. No, but I do not. It, at least put your money to work for you. Um, and, that, and that's where we don't connect with some guys sometimes either yeah. because they're like, no, nah, I'm, everything's in this, everything's in that. And um, so I got to keep building, which is, yeah. which is great. But, um, you know, we just provide an alternative to possibly, uh, you know, sticking it in a money market or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. let's stay in touch. Let's see how we can enjoy each other's journeys as we move along and let's see how mm -hmm. we can help each other. And again, I appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, thanks man. a lot. Appreciate yeah. the opportunity. Thank fun. you. Thank you very much. And thank you for watching. As my mother always said, you can't and never could until you tried. So go out there and try something great, my friends. And don't take the easy way out. We'll see you next time.